0: hello this is brian foster coming to you on tuesday july 21st 2020 and tonight we're talking about more about the officer a person who went down into the depths of purgatory now i titled this the officer falling deeper into hell now spiritism tells us there is no such thing as hell as we know it it there is no punishment for eternity you are in the lower zone which is the part of the crust of the earth up to the levels of heaven or in what the spiritism calls the dark abyss which is below the crust of the earth if you want to look at, at it you know in a in like a map type format then you know that is where you go deeper and deeper depending on the law of affinity you go where other people are like you you go where you belong and if you want to get out of that dark abyss or the hell, as as um, this is described in the writings by J.S.M. Ward, who's the medium who talks to the officer at the beginning of the 20th century, they, you know, you just have to change your attitude and your character and know that, you know, I don't like being with other people just like me. I need to change myself. And as you change yourself, you will be given help. As this officer, why is he talking to J.S.M. Ward is because he has, risen out of what he said is hell and now he's telling this medium what happened to him and how he escaped it now we're going through the story it's called the book's called gone west i put a link to it in pdf and also before i forget please hit subscribe hit the bell hit the like button and i you know and then give me any comments that people would like on different topics and i will try and, and introduce them as we go So now I have a scary picture up here for those who could see it. I also put this on Spotify. um, But I have a picture like of a demon, right? Kind of showing what people think, what hell looks like. Let's be clear. Hell in people, even though from a higher spirit, will see a spirit from in this depth, in this dark abyss, in this hell-like area. They'll see someone who's misshapen, kind of wear rags, But to themselves, they think they will look okay. They'll think they look good, although they can also change their appearance and look bad if they want to. There's also stories where spirits, um, you know, scenes where spirits have seen that, you know, there's this beautiful young woman who is on the physical earth, goes to bed, and as her spirit wanders there, she comes out and is this ugly spirit. It's kind of like the myths that we have, you know, with... uh, you know, a uh, snow white, right. With the, the mean witch who's, who's beautiful, but then her real, her real aspect is ugly. And that's the, and I think that was done because, you know, these stories come up through, you know, through generations. And this, uh, these are visions of people have seen where you can look beautiful, but then you have a terrible personality, you know, inside you, you're very mean, you know, envious, uh, you know, not a nice person at all. And inside you, that spirit is, luckily they're in the nice body, but when they're out of their body, they're not looking too good. And this is what spiritism tells us. We are, we appear as we are. So that's why angels, you know, when a lot of people say an angel, and an angel is there because they reflect the love of God. And it's so bright that people can't see them so well. It's kind of fuzzy. So they think they have wings and actually... If you were at the same level, one of the higher levels of heaven as that angel, you would see they look just like uh, another person. But then as you go further and further down, people have like dark clouds around them. When you see either a lower spirit or a human on Earth, Uh, Andre Luis described, he went down into Rio de Janeiro and saw all these people with just like dark clouds around them because they were stressed. They were they, you know, they were mad at somebody. They had all these primitive emotions. And naturally, what is makes your your radiance or lack of thereof is your getting rid of your primitive emotions and replacing those with more advanced emotions. So let's get into the officer because this is a fascinating thing. So this is this is the officer talking to the medium JSM ward. So then this is what he says. One day, if so I can call it, we went to one of the seances. Now last tuesday and i also tell you every sundays and tuesdays at 5 p.m eastern i will live stream on youtube and now i'm also live streaming on facebook uh, your spiritual journey group and he went to one of the seances and saw that you know these lower spirits would help these more of corrupt mediums and now he's coming back to one of the seances it says i suddenly recognize an old enemy of mine this man i hated he had helped to bring about an exposure of my methods i learned to control one of these mediums as described in my last letter as soon as i saw him a wild desire arose to be revenged arose in my mind there were plenty of spirits at hand to suggest methods one was that i should get hold of some hooligans and make them murder him another to wreck him financially and so forth but a far more ingenious method occurred to me after a while. I found that there had begun to dabble, he had begun to dabble in the occult. He did not know much about it, and his motives were by no means exalted, being in the main curiosity. I haunted him, so this this enemy of his is physical, he's incarnate. I haunted him day by day and watched his every movement. Whenever an opportunity occurred, I did him an evil turn. If he played cards, I told his opponent what cards he held, and so he lost money. I put in men's mind a vague sense of suspicion and distrust concerning his most innocent acts, but this sort of thing was not the ultimate aim of my attentions. So, again, this is, spirits have the ability to inspire us in our minds, not just good spirits but all sorts of spirits we can be inspired and we are inspired by more than as the spirits tell us by more than you know of other spirits telling us things is why it's so important to filter all these idea all these bad good indifferent ideas through your conscience and your instinct and if your conscience tells you i don't think that i should do that don't do it even if it's even if it will be profitable for you it's not worth it if, if it is wrong. So then he said, at last, my chance came. I knew as I knew it would. He had been endeavoring to get outside his body as he described it. He had no noble aim, and his guide's power had grown weak from various causes. And so when he at length did go out of his body for about the third time, I came in. Ha-ha, I chuckled as once more I found a body clothing me. This is like old times, but it wasn't. I found that it was only by exertion of my willpower that I was able to retain control of this boiled carcass. Anyone with a weaker personality than mine would soon have been compelled to go out again, but I was far more powerful character than he, and I held it for as long as was necessary. So, interesting Uh, He had actually taken control of his body. And a lot of people describe this. You'll see this description. A lot of people say uh, sleep paralysis. Where they'll wake up and you you can't move. And and they said that, you know. And of course, when psychologists, they give these names. But it's really, I would say, 99 times out of 100, it's some spirit trying to, you know, be in your body. In fact, that happened to me once. I was... 21 or 22, I was on a a Greek island, and I I was laying in bed, like like taking a nap. And it was on the island of Kos. And I could hear the dogs kind of all of a sudden started barking from far away, and they started barking closer and closer. And then all of a sudden, I felt like I couldn't move. And I tried to move my feet, and I tried to move my hands, and I just did my best to try and move with my willpower. And then I, I was in this vision where I was like, going low over the water into this, you know, this beautiful, towards this beautiful beach with umbrellas and chairs and like an old, you know, 19th century, beautiful uh, hotel on the beach. And it lasted a very short time. And then I was okay. But so I've had sleep paralysis and um, now at least I know what it was. But but this person is pretty powerful because he said, he held it for as long as was necessary. Then I sent to work to pay off old scores and commenced by wrecking his home. I seemed to everyone to be the man himself who all the time was hanging on, still attached by the vital cord to the body, which he nevertheless could not re-enter. I treated his wife so badly that she soon left him in disgust, taking their child with her, and instituted divorce proceedings.' I gave rein to all the lusts, such as drink, which could damage his body, and dragged his good name in the gutter by various shady practices. Yet I took care to keep clear of the law, but I had to work quickly and soon completed my task. Thus I went to a jeweler's shop, stole a quantity of jewels, murdered the man who owned them, and managed to get caught in my enemy's body. I still held on to that body until it had been formally committed on the charge of murder, and then in the cell I left it. And as I did so, I jeered at the waiting spirit who hastened to close himself again. So, again, this is, um, I don't know how, this sounds pretty fantastic because usually what will happen is that will not be allowed in the spirit world that someone can do that terrible thing to you. Now, it could have been done to this man because he had it coming from a previous life and that was his punishment is to be obsessed and are possessed, you could say, by someone with evil intentions. But again, spiritualism tells us that if you look at your conscience, you pray and you meditate in your spiritual, that will not happen to you. Uh, and if it does, then you need to get help, like from a spiritual center or from your own you know, psychologist or something, you need to get help. So then he said, when the case came up for trial, I was there, though invisible, The man maintained that he knew nothing of all the facts stated against him, as of course he didn't. Though he knew it as a spirit, he had not been able to register it on his physical brain. His barrister tried the plea of temporary insanity, but as the judge said summing up, some people argue that all sin is insanity, but we cannot accept that. There is far too much method in this madness. The facts borne out by all the witnesses show that this was only the culminating and logical conclusion of those other detestable acts, to which even his wife in her separation suit has borne witness. Then came the usual penalty, death. So then officer wrote, now my joy was almost complete, but gradually various things intervened to mar it. He still vowed his innocence, and though this made no difference to his ultimate fate. Further, his wife, who in spite of his genuine faults, loved him still, and of course knew him well, believed him when he declared that he had no recollection of all of his various misdeeds. So he accepted the view that he had been temporarily insane. This had the effect of softening his rebellious spirit, which at first seemed likely to drag him down at the moment of his death and make him join us. The prison chaplain also believed him and consoled him, despite all I could do to prevent it. In short, when we gathered at the execution, expecting an angry and revengeful spirit who would be compelled to join us and over whom I, having a stronger personality, could dominate, we found quite a band of spirits of light who surrounded him with a guard and kept us at bay and took him away whether we knew not. These events took place in the United States. So again, very interesting. In fact, I just talked about that in my last um, YouTube videos where I say these are the these are the things that can happen to you when you die, and one of them is being assisted when you die by the higher spirits out of your body that will guard you and protect you and take you to a, you know, one of the levels, the lower levels of heaven, for you to recover. The other one is you're all on your own, and your friends or your enemies can be around you, and they'll do with what, with you, what they will. And of course, he's just saying the officer is saying the same thing. They were waiting for him to die, and they're going to take—they're going to take him and make them his, you know, make him their slave, which happens a lot. Now I know this sounds fantastic, and so why does all this happen? So again, remember that the spirit world is marvelously intelligent and complex, and that we are here on Earth for what aim? The aim is for us to become eventually a pure, a perfect spirit. If you want to know what a pure spirit is think of jesus christ so you think well why is there hell why are why are these horrible things happening well you can sum them up in one word that's hyphenated free will could be two words the reason is at spirits at our level human type spirits are given free will animals they have a little bit of free will but it's mostly instinct but once we're at our level we have true free will that means we can be as cruel and mean as we want and therefore we are going through this very complex eon you know maybe billions of years millions of years who knows could be thousands of years for those people who are good process for us to learn on our own through our own free will to become good spirits perfect spirits to become people who like to serve who love are selfless who have very, you know, got rid of all that false pride, uh, you know, fraternity versus the primitive emotions in us, hate, revenge, selfishness, pride. So this whole process is there to, to remove those things. And then the best way to remove your character flaws is where it's on the earth. Now it can be also in the spirit world too. It's a longer process is what they say but the best place is to do it is on earth where you've got the stimuli hitting you and you and you can't feel the love of God as much as you can in, you know, if you're in a spirit world and you're getting to be better here, you're, you're more alone and you have to go through these, these things in order for you to improve. So, so then all of a sudden, as he saw these things, he says, suddenly I became aware of the fact that the change was taking place in me. My psychic body seemed to be slipping from me and strive as I would. I could not hold it. Where am I going? I cried to the evil guide who haunted me to hell. He replied, don't you think it's time? So, okay. So th- this, this tells you that what he did to this poor guy was probably something this this person deserved from a previous life. But now that he had tried to get love back in his body, he was protected. He was, that was a lesson for him. But now he says, "His evil guide." I don't know if it was evil guide or it could be his high spirit, his guardian angel, saying, oh, "It's time for you to go lower, for you to learn, because you're having a lot—you're having a lot of fun creating chaos on Earth. So now, you know what? You're going down." He goes, "But you said by doing these things, I should keep nourishing the psychic body." Because what is this other body which I am closed? I cried despairingly. He goes, your spiritual body," answered, "and in it you will really begin to suffer." And as he spoke i realized how he gloated over me how i loathed him but it was so and hell and not yet at the bottom that alas was still to come And then he said i've written enough tonight so now we'll go to the next time so the officer said when i left off last time i told you that at length sunk into hell itself this was different in many ways from the earth plane I seemed to be falling through space, black, dark, and horrible. At length, I reached what appeared to be firm ground, for I discovered a kind of path, and scrambling on this made my way along it as best as I could. Every now and then, I slipped off into the horrible filth. All was utter darkness, and the marvel was that I got along at all. I felt drawn in a certain direction by some strange attraction. And ultimately, found myself on a desolate, stony plain, which appeared to be covered with ashes. Again, we're told this by other people in the books by Andre Louise. It's a series of books, psychographed by Chico Xavier, under the leadership of the spirit Andre Louise. About he's you know he's journeyed into the lower zone. He's been on missions to go even down into the dark abyss, and he says that the the landscape. Is if there's a tree, it's got thorns on it. It's dark. It's gloomy. You know, you can uh, adjust yourself to that to that the the low light, right? So he, could, he probably what he did is this officer started adjusting himself to be able to see in this low light, and it's full of it's full of pretty not very happy people, and because they were drawn there to be with other people like themselves, so then go still drawn. On through the darkness, I stumbled and struggled on longing for some human society, be it, ever, be it never so degraded. Then gradually I began to get a sort of half-sight, and by means of it was able to dimly to perceive that I was drawing near some huge mass, which in time grew into the walls and battlements of a great city. Soon I stood before it and saw it stretch right away as far as I could perceive, though this was not far. There was a gateway, and toward it I turned my steps. No sooner had I come in front of it and noticed that it was built in the manner of a great Roman gateway than what would seem to be the doors opened, and I passed in. I had hardly done so when a fiendish yell rang out, and two hideous beings who apparently acted the part of wardens of the gate sprang at me. So let's talk about this for a second. There's a city in hell. Hell, just like the lower zone. You know, okay, so heaven, we've said, it's not a place of clouds and ethereal happiness and no work. It's beautiful cities, beautiful colors, plants, parks, but there's work, there's things you do, but there's things you love to do. Hell, which Spiritism calls the lower zone and the dark abyss, which we're calling hell, hell here too, is not just places where zombies roam around not knowing what they're doing. No, there's intelligence there. These people who have primitive emotions it doesn't mean that they're not smart it just means that they still let these primitive emotions uh manage them instead of them managing the emotions and, and replace them with good emotions so the lower zone and the dark abyss they're organized there are cities there are people in charge as you'll find out from this there are armies as, and this has also been said by writings with uh uh, the Reverend G. Owen, Franco uh, Sico Xavier in, in the books by uh, Andre Luis and then Yvonne Piera in the, in the books Memoirs of a Suicide. These are all things that we've been told by many different spiritist writings. And, of course, this is uh, Gone West is not a spiritist writing, but this is showing how other people with other points of view are just coming together and showing us the same thing. Now when people die a lot of people say well you you know your mind you create right you create your own heaven or hell and there's there's truth to that because you're in in the spirit world thought is action but what really happens there's all sorts of other minds around you and they will they will influence what you think and therefore you will you will that's why the law of affinity works so well. You'll go down to where other people think like you, and you will be absorbed into their own thought process, and that you will. This would then will look normal to you. So then he's talking about the wardens at the gate. He goes. Then I knew that all spirits I would meet here would be enemies, and I turned savagely upon them, prepared to battle for life. I was almost going to say, but of course that sounds absurd. Fight, however, I would, and even as as I made up my will to do it the wretched creatures turned and fled. Thus I learned my first lesson about hell. There is no law here. The strongest oppresses the weakest, and the strength lies in the will and in the intellect. Again, very true. As I said before, faith is measurable in the spirit world, and faith is your intellectual will and your and your grounding. And so he dominated these two guards at the gate. Now, there's a story in one of the books by G. Val Owen, where this, this troop of higher spirits went into this lower city. And they came in there, and, and they now a higher spirit can could go into the city and would not be seen, because the higher you are, the less matter and more energy you are. So the higher spirit could go into this city that the officer went in and pass right through the walls and have no problem. But this group of spirits went into a city and down in, into one of the lower zones, and they went to the, the city gate and said, No, we're coming in. And they go, Well, you know, no, we can't let you in. And he goes, Well, yes, you can. And he, of course, he just was like with no effort whatsoever, this higher spirit dominated the guards at the gate. There was there was no it's like a an adult against a first grader. There was there's no question. And again, here's the officer who has very strong intellect, very strong will, dominating these guards at the gate. And these people at the gate, they wouldn't be pushovers, right? Because they wouldn't be given that responsibility if they didn't have some sort of presence. But against the officer, they were weak indeed. I'll carry on. I pursued in my way, unmolested for a time, and found that I could now distinguish the various buildings as through a dense fog. Gradually, the idea grew upon me that I had recognized this city. It was ancient Rome. Yes, but far more than that, for it had to be added to all the buildings which had been there since the days of the Caesars, and in time I learned the truth. This was the spirit city of Rome and many other cities built of the buildings in which have been committed all the deeds of cruelty and hate. All the evil emanations which have been thrown off by its former inhabitants have gone to build up this imperial city of hell. Its better emanations had gone elsewhere to the realms above and this is the fate of every city or building on earth its evil side is dragged down to hell just as its pure form goes into the realms of heaven now again this is this is very so it shows you how thought is action in the spirit world and our thoughts emanate all around and our collective thoughts emanate all around and therefore, here these, these bitter, you know, bad thoughts had gone lowered themselves, and they'd helped create this city. He says, Here I found was not only Rome, but Venice and Milan and a thousand other cities in which hate and cruelty had reigned. This vast city is not the only city in hell. There are countless others. To each of these cities of hate, the damned are drawn according to the natural laws of attraction. He says the law of attraction. What's in spiritualism says the law of affinity. Some to one, some to the other. Besides cities of hate, there are many others, such as the cities of lust. Paris and London may be found there. London, or parts of it, may be found in many of these cities. Each part differing, for London at different times has had many different forms. Through the dirty, foul, and yet splendid streets, I went. I rendered my way. Often I met men and women, many of them clad apparently in the kind of clothes they wore on earth. But these robes were foul and torn. Some of them rushed at me to attack me, but each one I was able to repel by my means of my willpower. Then the idea came to me. Why should I not attack one of them, make him my slave, and compel him to tell me about this new city in which I had to dwell? So again, this is is like lord of the flies this is this is there is no nice laws there are no nice people right there are people like this officer people like you are if you're not a nice person you're all around you you're cruel you're mean you take advantage you're selfish you're all that and guess what this is why it's there it's this is how the spirit will this is how god and jesus This is how they fight evil. They use evil to fight evil. And this is what's happening. And this works on the officer, as you will see. So acting on this, I sprang at a man who turned with a shriek and fled. But I willed that he should come to me. And slowly he crawled back, struggling all the while. When I had him, I made him grovel in anguish as to show him I was master. Then bade him rise and show me the sights of the place. Whining, he did so and led me to various buildings. Would you like to see a gladiator show? He inquired, yes. So soon we were in what seemed like the Colosseum, and I saw that this place was full. Seizing the man, I hurled him out. There was a foul-looking woman seated next, and I threw her out also. We two then sat down. The show had just begun, and I sat opposite us. I saw opposite us. There was a great royal box. Yonder is the emperor, whispered my slave in an awestruck voice, which, I inquired, I don't know, but he's the emperor, and he rules this part of the city. Are there several emperors here, I inquired? Yes, many kings and generals, too. Don't they quarrel? Quarrel? Where have you come from, stranger? We all quarrel quarrel here. This is the city of hate and cruelty. We are constantly fighting against each other, district against district, emperor against emperor. We have just conquered a district near here, and therefore the emperor is celebrating his victory by making the prisoners fight with gladiators. Here they come. So here you have these spirits that have gone down into this dark abyss. And in fact, another book called Liberation by Chico Xavier, uh, and the spirit who who wrote the book was uh, Andre Louise, talks about this judge in hell, who as new people came into this city in hell, he would judge and decide where they needed to be and what you know what level they should be. Now this judge, he'd been in hell for a long time, and his past history is he was a pope, and when he died as a pope, he went to one of the levels of heaven, and he thought he should be he should be treated like a superior being, like he was, you know, spiritually superior, to everybody else because he was the pope, and he didn't like the way he was treated, so he went down, down further, further and further, and found his level into one of the levels of the dark abyss or as hell. He may have been in a city like the officer had been to one of the emperors or one of the judges or whatever they want to call them. So then the officer said, then began the most ghastly show I've ever witnessed. All the horrors of an ancient gladiator show with one, without one redeeming feature were enacted before our eyes. There was no noble martyrdom to relieve the beastliness of the whole show. It was not merely men against men, but men against women, and even against children. Now, these children are only people that look like children. They're not true children. Tortures of every description were inflicted, and the wretched victim shrieked and screamed. It was just as if the scene was on earth, save that no death came to release the victims. On and on it went. Now, as I write it and you read it, the effect is to produce a sense of pity and nausea. But at that time, the effect was the reverse. It pandered to my worst side and roused a fierce lust of cruelty and hate. And so it did in others. That was the object of the emperor. So how interesting all this is. Now, there, and they said there's all these people being tortured and hurt, and yet there was no death. Now in one of the books by the Reverend G. Val Owen, there is this scene it's called um paul and albert and this man named paul is told by a spirit to the Reverend eval and this is a true story and then main paul died and he was a doctor in fact he died while he was sit- sitting in the back of his chauffeur car right his sh- chauffeur was in front and he was thinking about how he made more money than the chauffeur than all the clothes And everything the chauffeur was wearing that day so he was like he made more than the chauffeur could make in a a month in one day and he was very proud of himself and so when he died he found himself in this little dingy hut in one of the lower zones and his his body had shrunken his clothes were torn and he had these other people in the house with him and two of the women there are women he took advantage of when he was younger and the man that was there is one that this doctor wanted to sleep with this man's wife and so when the man broke his nose the doctor deliberately set it wrong to make him look ugly and he recognized him by his misset nose so this this is you know this is what happens this is why never worry about you know we go through life and we think oh that guy's gotten away with murder or Oh, my heaven, that politician's, you know, he or she has stolen, you know, millions of dollars, you know, and and gotten away with it. Well, no, no one gets away with anything. Just like no good deed goes unpunished. No, I mean, I'm sorry. No bad deed goes unpunished. No good deeds goes unrewarded. Everything is cataloged. Everything is recorded by the spirit world. They know everything we do, everything we think, because every moment our thoughts radiate out and everything is recorded. Nothing is hidden. And therefore, it is all, you know, these people, they will go to where they need to go for them to learn. Now, we should not hate them. That doesn't mean they shouldn't be in prison, but we should not hate them because they are just in one section of their life as they, as they go through life after life, learning how to get rid of their primitive emotions and replace them with more advanced emotions and to become better and more intellectual people. And what I mean so i should say wisdom right because wisdom is is moral goodness and intellectual ability coupled together so you can use your god-given intellect with your the the right compass and that is what's so important that's what we need to learn here on earth is to do that oh i think if someone had i'll show this one someone said i've had sleep paralysis before no fun so again, as I was talking about earlier, yes, and I think that's what it is. It's someone, some spirit, had tried to take um, advantage of of you for the moment, just like I think they did me when I was on that hotel bed, in um, on the island of Kos, in Greece. And yeah, you have to you have to just with your will move it. Then you can move. And of course, you read that like in Wikipedia. They say, well, it must be some sort of, you know. Temporary mer- nerve stoppage or something. Well, no, it's it's a spirit. There's many things are happening by spirits uh, that we don't know, and uh, science will finally find this out that there is a spirit This is what Spiritism tells us: is that eventually science will will uh, understand the reality of the spirit world and of God, and then we will really start taking off and right now this planet earth is the planet of atonement and when i say a planet of atonement that means we go through life after life and we pay for our wrong misdeeds and it's not meant as punishment we're not being punished we're being taught we're each each one of us before we are born we have a a customized curriculum that we go through in order to elicit the emotions that we need to for us to make to make uh fundamental changes in our character and our personality for the better and it's up to us and with our free will to analyze the episodes and trials and tribulations we've gone through and decide oh i never you know let's i i never want to do that to anyone well that happened to me it was horrible i would never do that to anybody else now if you want to have a clue of what you've done in your past life look at your trials and tribulations when people did things to you that you did not like most probably maybe not always most probably that is something that you've done something similar to someone in a previous life and now it was done to you for you to understand that that's not a good idea now you can say well how's that help me i don't know my previous lives but what happens is your conscience and your instinct stays with you in life after life you're of course you'll remember everything when you're back in the spirit world but when you're born and you're, when you're a child until you're about 15 to 20 depends on the person you you really are malleable uh hopefully by spirit rules, hopefully you have parents that teach you to be a better person but then your true character and personality starts coming out at that age around that age and your conscience will, will is with you your conscience is and your instinct is with you in life after life and therefore you will start recognizing these things so If if you went through a a trial and tribulation, let's say, where you went through a terrible breakup and that person was horrible to you, in your next life, your conscience will say, no, I'm not going to be horrible to somebody. That's just not because you don't know this. But the reason is because that happened to you and you felt the brunt of that. And now your conscience, which is like a law library built up through thousands of years and lives, right, will tell you, no, that's not a good idea. You know, and, and are saying like, Oh, I'm not going to make a product shoddy because that will hurt somebody. Cause that probably, ha- you know, you've, you've been through that whole cycle of making a shoddy product and then bearing the brunt of a shoddy product. And now in your life, now you go, ah, that's not a good idea." Even though I can make a lot of money, I'm not going to do it. This is part of everyone going through these things. This is, this is the genius of the spirit world. Now, you can say, well, still cruel. You know, why can't I just learn? Well, because you have free will and we're slow learners. And yet we can be, have very powerful personalities, just like the officer. Very, I've read over and over again for someone like the officer, a high spirit would go, wow, you know, he's got such focus. When he turns his mind to the good, he's going to be a very powerful high spirit. He could probably pass me in no time. So you read that over and over again, that They'll look at someone like that and they go, Wow, what a great person he will be someday when he decides, he or she decides to turn their mind and their focus to the good, to the light, instead of to their baser uh, selves. And that's why when we look at people like that and we see this, you know, really repulsive person, but if they have this definite personality, you can say, You can say yourself, Well, someday they're. Someday they will be to the good and they will, you know, they could be a saint someday. They could be a great leader someday, not someday in their current physical life, but in maybe some future lives, maybe a five, ten lives. Hence, they could be extremely important and helpful to the entire human collective. That's why you never know. That's why when, you know, when you see people, you don't hate them. You just understand where they are in their spiritual maturity and you gauge them on that. And, you know, you just, you know, if you have to stay away from them, if you know, you've got a cousin or in-law or parent, or who is just a, a real something, you, you know, now I'm not telling you, you have to go love them and be with them all the time, but you can understand them, not hate them, but understand them. If you have to keep them arm, arm's length, do that, but be ready to reconcile if they change themselves. So, and just like, as I said before about the, the officer getting revenge on that one guy, right? Well, that's what spirits do. They'll get, if you've done something wrong in your previous life, they'll try and, get, and revenge themselves against you when let's say your physical life, when they're a spirit or even spirit to spirit. So this, these are things that happen. And, but, this, the, but you have to think, this is all a, a marvelous process to make us go through this, this this filter. You call it a meat grinder, right? To really have so much stimuli hitting us all the time that we continually, we're always on the move. And, and as the spirits say, we have this thirst to become better. No one will stay in this hell-like area forever. It could be there for thousands of years, but no one will stay there forever, for all eternity. In fact, they won't be able to on earth because earth is a planet of atonement and we are going through right we're a plan of atonement the definition of that is where you live life after life and you pay for your past mistakes or the earth will eventually go to a planet of regeneration where you won't have to go through that there'll be some you know bad things but it would be a lot less and this the spirits around you we won't have these ignorant spirits in these other zones to influence us we will just have better spirits here talking to us and we'll have more communication with the spirit world. This is where the earth is now starting. Spiritism tells us it started around the year 2000 where more and more good spirits are going to be born on the earth as we go forward and forward. And those spirits who don't get with the program who take away these primitive desires and urges, they will not be allowed to stay on a planet of regeneration. They will be sent to other planets more suited to their level just like a child is said, okay, you can't graduate from this course. You got to take it over again or send to another school. They'll do what works and they do it for your own benefit. That's why everything you go through, even though you don't like it, and believe me, I've said the same thing, is for your benefit and for your learning to make you an improved person if you can learn the lesson offered to you. And this is the secret. And as I talk about in my book, "How to Live Inner Peace Through Spiritism," is you is the how to really recognize these things that ha- happen to you, and then to change your outlook in life, bit by bit. In fact, "How to Live Inner Peace Through Spiritism" is based upon a poem by the spirit Andre Louis. has twenty four stanzas, very short, three four words, and it's kind of a a, a you know Jacob's ladder to get you where you need to be as far as your spiritual and your character and yourself to get you in the right place for you to ascend in a heavenly city and that's why it's important to understand these things is this is and this is why i talk about heaven and below and if i go in my other book um, Heaven and below, which and which I talk about heaven, and then where I t- talk about in this book, which is a, a type of a dark abyss, which they call it a hell in the Gone West. All about what's out there, why it's why it's there, how you get you know how people come there because of the law of affinity and how they rise and what help is there to help people uh, get out of that. You also read about those in other books. So these are things that I put out there for you to. Read on yourself. Now, the great thing about Spiritism, it tells you in detail about the spirit world. Now, in 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 religions, that a lot of times you know, Spiritism is a doctrine, it's not a religion. But in a lot of religions, they'll they'll give you this fuzzy fuzziness of of heaven, you know, of, you know, Nirvana, and in Spiritism by all of these spiritist writers right spiritist mediums which started from which started from alan kardec in the 1850s this is if you're, if you're interested in spiritism please read the spirit's book you can get it in pdf for free it's put in alan kardec space pdf and you'll find all of his books for free on pdf i'm also on my youtube channel i am creating an audiobook and I, i'm putting one one chapter at a time on my YouTube channel, and I have a playlist called the Spirit's Book, and you can listen to it that way. I also, as I finish, it's it's composed of four books, and a and a, a conclusion. And then when I'm done with it, I will put it in audio format on my website, NW Spiritism. And I've done, I've finished book one and book two, so you can actually download those those, those uh, uh, I think's MB4 files, audio files. Download those and listen to them via iTunes, skip chapters, remembers where you were, all that type of of, of um, applications and benefits and features, I should say. So the Spirits Book kind of sets Alan Kardec was the codifier spirit book of, of the of the spirit book by messages from other spirits. And this is why it's so exciting. Um, if when I read that, it was like, okay, this this is it. This is this is the truth. And if you want to know more about Alan Kardec, there is on on uh, Netflix, which is a, a wonderful movie called Alan called Kardec. And this is Netflix. I recommend that to everybody. I'll give you the history of Kardec, of Kardec, and in the 1850s in France, and how he was you know a teacher, more of a scientist. And this, you know, he wasn't spiritual, and then all of a sudden these things happen and it was too much for him and he became a believer. Same thing with me. I was never, I was never an atheist per se, but I was not spiritual. And then things happened to me. It's like, okay, I got to figure out what's going on here. How can people know my destiny when I, you know, if someone can know my destiny, if someone can know the future, well then there has to be an organization around that's, that's telling us what to do. And this is where I, I, discovered Spiritism, or i should say i was planned to discover Spiritism. because now i look back in my life and i'm seeing things that were meant to be and so that's why i just try and put these books and i I do you know youtube and facebook so you too can understand because once you understand what is being told to us by the doctrine of spiritism where jesus christ is the governor of our planet and he's in charge of this planet and some other planets he is not the highest spirit. There are other spirits on the level and superior Jesus Christ in charge of solar systems, other planets, etc. But as the law Spirit tells us, we are very lucky to have Jesus as the governor, as the leader of our planet, and He does other planets besides. Such a wonderful person, and this is so. And it gives you like the organization. This is like there's there's no mystery. When you die, you know it's going to happen, right? In fact, you know I just did a video. These are three paths you can go when you die. These, you know, this is what happens to you. And then I talk about cities in and, and heaven and different levels and how you ascend from one level to another. I talk about cities in the lower zone. And here on this one, I'm talking about the dark abyss or hell, as people call it, although there is no eternal punishment. I keep saying that. So it tells you actionable. It tells you facts that you can make your own actions and you can decide yourself what you want to do when you understand this. Because once you understand the spirit world and our place in it, then your whole perception of your life, your friends, your family, the world around you, you, the chaos of the earth all becomes different. It all becomes like, oh, okay, now I know we're on this chaotic earth because we have to go through these trials to mold ourselves, become better people. And the fact that, We're here, and there's, you know, good things happen to bad people, and bad things happen to good people. There's a reason. We can't see it due to our small little, you know, lifespans at the time, but we'll know it when we're back in the spirit world. Everything has a reason. Very few things are by chance. Some spirits just say nothing. I believe there are some things that are by chance. And the fantastic thing about Spiritism is when you read accounts by other people like this gone west, and you read NDEs, it's all explained by spiritualism. In fact, I've gotten um, books where I go through NDEs, and I say, okay, this is what the person saw, and this is why. This is what spiritualism tells us, why that person went through that, and what is the story? What is the, you know, who's the, you know, who's the Oz behind the curtain? And this is where this is where it's so exciting. And here's one of the books I've done with Spirit The Spirit World Talks to Us 12 Accounts from Near Death and Other Experiences, where I go through in great detail as people say, you know, I saw this or this happened to me. And I go, Well, this is why. This, this is what spiritism tells. Us. This is why you saw that person. This is why your aunt and your uncle came to you so fast. Let's talk about that for a second. When people near-death experiences, they always say, You know, I I died. Yeah, I, you know, I felt like I was in this other land. And then my old family members were there. So this is why people say, well, that has to be a product of your imagination. How can they be there that fast? Well, first of all, we're very slow here on earth. And there are people, you know, and it is known as you're going to have a near-death experience at five o'clock on Thursday, let's say. The spirit will say, hey, Aunt Nellie and Uncle Bob, you know, your nephew will be in the spirit world. Can you come and visit him at this place at this time? At, you know, at this place. There's no times so forth, but at this place, at, at, this, uh, at this state. And so they'll know in advance, and that way they'll be there to comfort you and talk to you or your past mother, father. It's all logically explained. That's why spiritualism tells us there's no miracles. There's always an explanation. So anyway, I want to leave you there. I want to thank you for joining me this Tuesday. Remember, every Tuesday and Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern, we'll live stream. And I want to say God bless to everyone. God bless.